feels good to be home on Sunday. Wow, just, just great to be here. Now, I heard about you having great church last Sunday without me. Now, see what happens. I'm reading in Exodus chapter 5. I'm reading in Esther chapter 1. I'm reading in Matthew 22. I'm reading in Revelation 19. And uh, I'll probably just read a couple of them, quote the rest of them. Fair enough. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Just glad to be with you. Glad to see all the folks visiting. Glad to see Kenny here this morning. I know he's sold his ranch and deposited the money in some kind of trust fund, and him and Joy are running out of town as fast as they can to go to December 12th to move to Georgia. We love Kenny and Joy. I'm very happy they've been a part of this family. And uh, just pray the blessings on them. And I know Bruce Strickland has gone to Maddoxville. And uh, I don't know of a better place he could go than Maddoxville. And so we will pray the blessings of God on him and Sherry. And they'll be moving there in another few weeks or so. And so uh, if any of you folks leaving know anything I don't know, tell me. If this ship is sinking, I want out of here. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 5, when you got it, say we got it. First one, afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Everybody say, the party, party. idea, originated with Jehovah. I don't think you got it. He said, Thus saith the Lord. I want my people to throw a party unto me. And because the world has seduced us and deceived us in this area, we've allowed Satan to steal the party idea from us. The party idea was God's. He said, I want my people to throw a feast, a festival, a celebration unto me. I'll be at the party. I want my kids at the party. And Pharaoh, who is a representative of Satan, said, I don't want you and your people to have a party. Watch what he said. And Pharaoh said, who's the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. I ain't letting them go to the party. I don't care if God wants one or not. Watch this. And they said unto him, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Said, let us go, we pray thee. Three days journey. Why three days? Number of resurrection. Bring you out of sin. Bring you out of death. So you can have a party. Oh, hallelujah. I, I don't think you're hearing me yet. See, the party and the celebration and the festival is on resurrection grounds only. Oh, hallelujah said, come on, we want to go and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall on us with pestilence or with the sword. Esther, 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 chapter 1, Esther. I'll go very quickly. I'm sorry to keep you standing so long. In the third year, ready? Verse 3. In the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto his princes and his servants, the power of Persian and Media, the nobles and the princes in the provinces being before him. Now watch this cat. 
You people think that we church junkies have got a problem with a party. Where do you see this God-hating pagan and heathen throw a party? He's an idolater and an image worshiper. He's a pagan from the economy of God. His name is Ahasuerus. He's got an ego as long as, as New York. Watch this. And when he showed the riches of the glorious of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days, watched it. Even 180 days, this cat threw a party. You got a problem with anything past 11:30? This guy says, "Come on, let's throw down. Let's jump on the tables and dance a while. Let's 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 go." Well, how long is the party going to be? 180 days, half a year. It's going to take a half a year. Let me show you all my stuff. You know what the funny part is? And nobody said, I'm not interested. Now you have to understand, this first party was selective. It was only the nobles and the princes of the provinces. That's all who could come. The selective. Now watch. Turn your book over. Your next chapter. Chapter 2. Chapter 2, you got it? Now it's the story of Esther. Verse 17, and the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made, made her queen instead of Vashti. Now this is a replacement party. Watch this. Then the king made a great feast. These kings have got this thing about parties. Anytime they do something, let's have a party. Well, I'm going to change. I'm going to fire one chick and, and anoint the other chick. Good, let's have a party. And so he's, he made a, a, a feast that said, for, uh, now this is different. This feast was unto all his princes and his servants. And he even renamed it Esther's party. You, you didn't hear me. And in this one he made a release to the provinces and gave gifts according to the state of the king. According to the condition of the king. That's how many gifts he gave. Two more scriptures, okay? I'll just, I'll, in fact, I might just read just Matthew 22, and, and I may let the other one go. While you're turning, I think I'll read the other one. It's in, Re you go to 22 of Matthew, I'll go to 19 of Revelation. Let us be glad, verse 7, and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Notice, in the Old Testament, it was Esther's feast. In the New Testament, it's the party for the Lamb. It ain't the churches. It's the marriage of the Lamb. It's his party. And the bride gets to be a part of it. 22 of Matthew, and Jesus answered and spake unto them again a parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which weighed a marriage for his son. These kings got these things about parties. The writer of Revelation said, Blessed are they. Turn and look at someone and say, I'm so blessed just being here. Blessed are they. I'm going to talk to you, okay? 
hope, I hope you hear me. My message is telemarketers, junk mail, and Jesus' party. Father, bless the preaching in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I know you don't realize it, but I'm on a roll already. We are living in the day of telemarketers, which is a college word for drive you crazy. It, could I get a witness? A day of telemarketers, and we've even had the government go and try to put out legislation to keep these loonies from driving you crazy on your phone all the time, sending you all kinds of junk mail. Anybody get junk mail besides me? Junk mail. Tele telemarketers and junk mail. Telemarketers. How are you tonight, Mr. Arnold? I hope I didn't bother you. I, uh, I, I represent AT&T, and, and, and you've been selected. Hello, Mr. Arnold, this is such and such, uh, this is Samantha, and I'm with such and such a company, and your name has been given to us as, and you can't hardly even say no thank you, because they've got this spiel going at 100 miles an hour, you have to say, uh, excuse me. I'm not interested. Now hear me, I, I know I've got a strange title on a great message, but you got to get the spirit of the age that we're living in. It's the spirit of the telemarketer. It's the spirit of the, of the company, the individual, the desire, the corporation to come to you and offer you a bunch of stuff you don't want. And if you're not careful, you'll get so used to saying, I'm not interested. That when a preacher or a prophet of God steps up and says, Jesus has got an invite, you'll say, without even thinking, I'm not interested. Right. Open your mail every day, junk mail. You've been pre-approved. You've been selected. Because of your tremendous credit rating, we want to stick you further in debt. You've been selected to receive Three days and two nights at West Palm Beach at a timeshare. Have to buy nothing. Yuck, yuck. You've won the sweepstakes. I've read those lots of times. You've been selected and won the Reader's Digest sweepstakes. Then in the small print it says, if the number above is the number selected. So you didn't win nothing. And after a while, I, keep, I just opened my mail. I just flew in last night. And I opened my mail with stacks of things of checks from my credit cards people to make my Christmas happy. And, and here's a, a free, no annual fee card, platinum, such and such, that your, your, your level is at 100000 this year. Just fill this out and send this in. And just, I told my wife, I said, babe, you need to pray for me all the time because if I ever get twisted or turned around, and I decide to take all my credit cards and max them out and leave for Morocco. Don't you just feel sometimes like just put them out to the max. I could have about 800 grand in money and then just blow town. Catch me if you can. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to try it again. It's so easy because we are bombarded daily. Weekly, 
with offers and invitations that if you're not careful, it is very easy to dismiss heaven's offer as if it sounded the same or came from the same place. I'm not going any further until at least you shake your head. In this, get get this for me, Uh, I just want uh, Matthew 22. I may never get to those hundred scriptures I gave you, just Matthew 22. Jesus speaks and says unto them in parables. Now a parable is a metaphor. A parable is an analogy, a comparison, a picture in words of a heavenly truth. Of a spiritual something that is hidden from many people. The Bible said Jesus opened not his mouth to the crowds except in parables. He wasn't trying to reveal something to them. He was trying to conceal something from them. A parable is not a revelation. A parable is a concealment to people outside. For the Bible said after he spoke parables. Then he took his crew and then he explained unto them. The nature of the parable. For he said, for unto you is given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. Watch. But to them who are without, these things are spoken in parables. You better thank God just for a moment that God's ever let you get somewhere near the kingdom or in the kingdom so you can at least understand the principles and the precepts of the kingdom. It is a great honor and privilege to be a part of the kingdom because the world looks at stuff through glasses that are parables. But he said, unto you is given. You you need to hit your neighbor and say, you know, I've been given some stuff. I know I act like an idiot. I sit here. Well, maybe I'm going to change my title on my sermon. I haven't got your attention yet. Let Let me change it. Ready? Hell is reserved for idiots. Have I got your attention yet? Have I got your attention yet? Hell is reserved for idiots. Does that that get you awake yet? I looked in the dictionary this morning for the word idiot. It's amazing. Listen to what it says. I wrote it down for you, okay? I got it right here. I never read it before because I know idiots. I don't need to read about idiots. But here's what it says. An idiot is by Webster's Dictionary. Watch this. Idiot. A retarded person who is mentally equal or inferior to a child of two years old. That's what it says. Then it has another one. Idiot. Watch this. A very foolish or stupid person. Let me try it again. Hell is reserved for idiots. You want to know why? Because not one person ought to go there. God has provided everything that we need to stay out of hell and make it to heaven. And if any of us in this auditorium end up going to a devil's hell, we are idiots. Why? Because the Calvary took place. Because the blood's been shed. Because the name of Jesus is for us. Because the word of God is working for us. Angels are doing battle for us. The divine, written, inspired word of God has got an authority in our lives. The Holy Ghost has been poured out upon us. Idiots go to hell. Look at someone next to him and say, are you an idiot? <laughs> said, I'm not giving you the benefit of the doubt of a two-year-old retard. I'm not talking about, don't insult a two-year-old. 
Look at someone and say, you know what, sir, ma'am, if you end up in a devil's hell and go to the lake of fire, you're an idiot. I want you to tell him that. I, I know you're afraid to say it. Come on, Aunt Myrtle, tell your sister that. Go ahead, just tell her that. You've been wanting to tell her that for a year. Go ahead and tell her. Come on, look at just look at him and say, if you go to hell from a Pentecostal church, you're an idiot. Well, I've asked you real kind, and I see some of you still going. I'm assuming when you do this, that means I just found you verbally. How dare that preacher call me an idiot? You want word worse than that? How about lost? How about damned? How about condemned? How about cast into outer darkness? Am I getting close yet? Whatever you do, you don't want to be lost. Whatever you do, you don't want to miss the catching away of the church. I don't care if you've got to ride this altar until you wear a hole in your britches somewhere on your knees. You don't want to miss the sound of the trumpet, the coming of the Lord, the marriage supper of the Lamb. You don't want to treat the invitation of the King as if it was junk mail or a telemarketer trying to snow job you. God is not trying to snow job you. He is inviting you to the greatest party in the universe. I'm going to go a little further. I'd like you to be a part of this assembly. But you don't have to be a part of this assembly to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But you do need to embrace the message of this assembly. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, above you all, through you all, in you all. You must be, got to be, have to be, get to be, born again, born of water, born of spirit, jump in the baptismal tank in Jesus' name, repent of your sins, be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Anything less than that is junk mail. Well, glory. See, John the Baptist came preaching. He said, repent, watch, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came after him reiterating the same thing. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God offered the Jews who had already been bidden to the banquet to come, but they wouldn't come. Wouldn't come. I'm going to read it for you. Watch, I, I, I want to preach a while. I ain't got nothing to do but go to lunch. When I think that I'm going to have to stand before God for every one of you and tell him how I pastored you and what I reached for you and what I got in your face. I don't want to get in your face. I'd like for you to just be nice people and go home. But if I'm the only thing between you and going to hell, I've got to get between you and that because I've got to shake you and make you realize I'm not preaching a comic book here. I have a divine mandate from the king of glory. He happens to have a standing army. Oh, yes, Nebuchadnezzar, when he went crazy, you read it in Daniel 4. He said, for thou rulest and reign in the army in heaven, and all the armies of the earth are insignificant compared to you. God does what he wants in the heavens, and he does what he wants in the earth, and he does what he wants in the spirit world. Don't ever think God can't do what he wants to do. 
The only reason some of us right now are still here and even maybe worldly and ungodly and carnal and lukewarm is because God is rich in mercy and doesn't want anybody lost and doesn't want anybody to go to a devil's hell and doesn't want anybody to be cast into outer darkness. You're here and I'm here because God's good. Hallelujah. I want, I want to get to my message. Hell's reserved for idiots. I like that. I like that. I think that's great. Now, nobody in their right mind wants any man to jump up and call him stupid, foolish, imbecilic, ridiculous, a nutcase. And I haven't done any of them. I told you what Webster called you. And the only reason you ticked at me is he's dead. The man called me an idiot. No. I told you what Webster said idiot was. Extremely stupid or foolish. Now if you are that, you say, well, I'm not stupid. Really? Well, how come God offers you an invite and you tell him to flake off and drop dead? How come God asks for the government of your life and you say, oh, I'll share it with you? God offers you and I a plan that would bless us and cause us to tap into the potential that's hidden in our hearts. And we tell God to drop dead and leave us alone. Sounds like idiots to me. I even like the sound of that word, idiot. You are an idiot. It's like a four-letter word with three syllables, idiot. Idiot. You are an idiot. Hey, idiot. How are you doing? How are the rest of the idiots in your family? Thanksgiving with a house full of idiots. I know you're smiling and laughing, but Mark, I'm doing everything I can to keep you from going to hell. I can't. We're idiots if we go to hell. If anybody has ever heard the full gospel preached and goes to hell, we're idiots. Why? Because God's doing everything he can to blockade and barricade the road that's going to hell. And every time a devil tries to deceive us and seduce us, he puts a conviction. You better thank God you feel a conviction every once in a while. You feel an indictment. You feel a tap of the Holy Ghost that says, come on, you're better than that. Don't do that. Don't live that way. When you feel conviction and you and I have done something wrong, man, we ought to thank God that God says, stop the parade. Get on your knees. Ask for some mercy. I say, oh, Jesus, have mercy on me. Why? Because God's trying to stop us from being idiots. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. I just came back from a tremendous celebration we had Friday night and Saturday at Brother Billy Cole's church. 50 years of marriage and 50 years of ministry. And, and uh, as much as I love Uncle Billy Cole and the tremendous... You realize in his ministry, in 50 years, he's seen over 1 million people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That God used Billy Cole to change the whole outlook of the Pentecostal movement. 
back in the 60s when he came back from Thailand in the early 70s, our movement almost killed that little fat man because he was the first guy to ever set people down in chairs in Pentecostal churches, get them up from kneeling, sit them down in chairs, and he prayed dozens and dozens of people through the Holy Ghost, and districts went crazy, thought he was out of his mind, that couldn't happen, you had to slobber and snot and carry on until we were satisfied with your repentance. But Billy Cole said, that's ignorant. I watched him by the thousands just lay hands on people and pray for people and watch them talk in tongues. Just, he didn't believe any of that. He was the first guy to ever come in UPC and said, it's an insult to God for you to tarry for the Holy Ghost. He said, they tarried at Pentecost. Once Pentecost happened, there ain't no more tarrying. The only reason we tarry is because we don't fully repent. But repentance is a Greek word, metanoia, which means to change one's mind. You can change one's mind while you're sitting there. As long as the, the change of your mind is deep enough to change your direction. Don't tell me you changed your mind and you ain't changed your direction. You ain't changed your mind. You just had a headache. Well, I got some weak response right there. Laugh all you want to about the old timers who made people pray for hours and weeks and months to get the Holy Ghost. You know what they were committed to? Get this bum that changes mind. Get this bum that changes mind. That they used to preach until you until you didn't want sin no more, and you didn't want to do this, and you didn't want to do that. And God created such a change in your life. Oh, you wanted. Oh, it got quiet now. In fact, I think we need a little metanoia here right now. So I, I've been out for almost seven weeks in a row. Man, I told Sister Arnold, and I don't mean to be rude, but I told Sister Arnold from the phone when I was in Chicago last week doing the men's conference, I said, Patty, if you see anything that passes by our lawn at the house that looks like my backside, would you wrestle it to the ground and make it wait on me? I'll be home this week. Because I've gone out on Monday and Tuesday preach and fly back here on 6 o'clock Wednesday and speak here at Bible study while you people were too tired to come. And I did the Bible study and I got back on a plane Thursday morning and I left Thursday and went to Columbus to preach the National Music Conference Thursday night and Friday night. And I flew back at 11 o'clock Saturday night and I preached my guts out Sunday morning and Sunday night and some of you are too tired to come. And I got back on the plane Monday and got to Tupelo Children's Mansion and went Monday and Tuesday, flew back at 6 o'clock on Wednesday, preached on our Bible study, but you were very tired. You couldn't come. And Thursday, I got on a plane, and I went back out and preached two nights of a conference, got back almost 10.30, had to drive in from Jacksonville, another hour and a half drive, got in about 1.15 in the morning, got up and preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, got back on a plane Monday. I went to Merrill Cornwell's Monday and Tuesday, flew back in at 6 o'clock. I taught the Bible study, but you were very tired. You've had a hard day. And half of you didn't come on Wednesday. And I preached until my sneakers fell down, and then I got on a plane Thursday, and I went to Thursday and Friday, and I preached Saturday morning, and I flew back Saturday night, and I preached here Sunday morning and Sunday night. I've done that for six weeks. I'm tired. I'm tired. And I, I've said all that, not to say that I've got jet lag. I said all that, that when I finally got home last Monday, exhausted, and a mail stack as high as a ceiling and 25 phone calls, that I told Sister Arnold, I said, that's finally over. I'm finished. I'm home for a while. She said, no, you're not home. You've I said, no, no, I'm home this week and Thanksgiving, and I just had to be in Dallas the first week of, of December, and then I'm finished for the year. She said, no, no, you've got to go to Billy Cole's thing Friday. I went. 
I said, but I'm not speaking. I know. I'm not entertaining at the banquet. I know. I don't want to go. I love Uncle Billy. He's been a friend to me. He's, he's prayed for me often. He, he loves me. I didn't want to go. But I was invited. And one of the dearest friends I have in all of Pentecost invited me. Jack Cunningham. He called me and said, Brother Arnold, I know you're flying everywhere and I'm sure you're tired. You want a few days off. I said, you said it right. Now what else you want? He said, is there any way that you could come to Uncle Billy's shindig on Friday and Saturday? It would mean so much to him. And I, all the time inside of me, I said, no, 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 no. I want to stay home. I want to be with the redhead. No, 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 no. And he says, Billy loves you probably more than anybody on this planet. And every time he comes back from Thailand and Ethiopia and goes through a fit of depression, which is annual, he said, you're the only person he calls in all of Pentecost and wants to hear your voice and wants you to pray for him. And he said, and it would just be the icing on the cake if you'd showed up. You see, sometimes you respond to an invitation so it would bless somebody else rather than what you get out of it. See, that's why some of you never respond to God's invitation, because you still keep looking from that mental stupidity. What's in this for me? And so I bought the ticket. And so in order to, to respond to the invitation, I had to spend money, I had to spend time, I had to reschedule my priorities, I had to inconvenience myself, I had to travel half a day, drive to Jacksonville, Jacksonville, from Jacksonville to Cincinnati, from Cincinnati to Charleston. And yet here's Billy Cole who can't hardly walk anymore, he's all crippled up. Sister Cole has had a mini, mini stroke, she's kind of dazed, she's not around anymore. Here's people that have given 50 years to their life, now listen carefully. 50 years of their life to the work of God. The Bible says give tribute to whom tribute is due. Wait a minute. And give honor to whom honor is due. Let me help you with this. Tribute, according to the New Testament, is taxes. And what Paul is saying, he says, just think how enraged the government becomes when you do not render your taxes to the government. They'll come after you. Then he turns around and he says, but I've got something worse for you. He said, God takes it very personal when his people do not honor his people. He said, give honor to whom honor is due and tribute to whom tribute is due. He said, if you pay taxes to the government, God help you if you do not honor your ministries and your pastors and your preachers. God gets an attitude about it. No, no ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm just talking about, I'm talking about a principle, about go, realizing who invited you. There's Billy Cole, Jack Cunningham, invited me. And while it was inconvenient, it was a little costly, wow, what a privilege. They wanted me to come. I'm not preaching, I'm not singing. I'm not doing tricks at the banquet. I'm just sitting there for five hours in a service while they show videos and they talk about Billy and Shirley and people from all over the nation, missionaries from all over the world. The place was packed to the walls. And when we finished and I'd given Sister 
Cole uh, a dozen roses for my wife and I as a love gesture, and I walked up to, to hug Billy Cole because he's very, very sick. He just breaks out crying, and he says, Jeffrey, I can't believe you would come to this. And he just sobbed, and he shook. And I was blessed, and I was enriched because I responded to an invitation. If you only knew how enriched and blessed and enhanced you could become if you would respond to God's invitation. If you only understood how happy you would make God today if you decided to interrupt your schedule and come to the invitation. Did I do good yet? Okay, now, for all of you that are mad about being idiots, I can't help it. I want to talk about my message. It's 1110 and I don't care. Read, read for me, Rev. First 1, verse 2. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king. Now hold it, stop. He's talking to you about something very important. The kingdom of heaven. He is showing us something that's an imperative. That has eternal things attached to it. He is not talking about... GE, AT&T, IBM, Delta Airlines, General Motors, banks, buildings, sports figures, Michael Jackson. He's not talking about them. He is talking about the kingdom of God. He is talking about a spirit world. He's dealing with eternal realms. You better listen. And he said the kingdom of heaven, watch, here's the key word, is like... It's like a king who is in a mood to throw a party. And he's so gracious and so generous and so inclusive that he wants everybody to come. Because the party is going to honor his son. And so he wants to throw this festival, this party, this celebration. Hear me. God's into the partying stuff. He loves it. And he never throws a party and don't come. He comes to the party. Stay with me. Kingdom of heaven is like to a certain king who had a desire to throw a party, to celebrate. Please hear me. Some of you got sour pusses. Jesus have mercy. I wish you wake up and understand that when God created the human race, he didn't create the human race to harass you. To mess up your life with sorrow and pain and rigidity and rules and regulations so you can't enjoy yourself. When God made the human race, it was the offspring of a celebrating spirit. I want to share my glory, my majesty, my knowledge, my power, my wisdom, my purpose, my agenda with other people. That's what Jesus was trying to tell us when we have a reference to God walking into the Garden of Eden to meet with Adam. It was a celebration. It wasn't a cop coming in to give tickets. It was a father coming to give hugs. You still haven't got... You still... Idiot. Hey, idiot. God wants to celebrate with you today. You acted like an idiot, foolish, ignorant, stupid. What? I'm an idiot. 
That's why I'm a stupid idiot. The brains of a dead fly. Idiot. Oh, it sounds almost highbrow. I'm not an idiot. I'm an idiot. God trying to give you a million dollars. No, I don't want it. I'm an idiot. <laughs> trying to give you a brand new life. Wash away every mistake you've ever made. Not interested. Why? I'm an idiot. <laughs> Wants to write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life with his own hand. And you're saying, not interested. Idiot. Right, right, right. Wants to wash away every right, sin, every right. curse word, every moral mistake you made, every fear you've had, right. every mess of your childhood you molested, fondled, messed up, beat up, brutalized. God, with one right. swipe of his bloody pen, can wash everything out of your life and my life so that it's put in the depths of the sea that hell can't find it and God chooses not to remember it and wants to write a brand new story for you and you sit here like a bump on a log and say, I don't know whether that's junk mail or whether that's a telemarketer. I'm telling you, it's God Almighty standing with both feet firm and saying, whosoever will may come. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Now somebody that you see with a smile on their face, shout at them and say, I guess you're planning on going. And the one that's got a sour push just say, I guess you're planning not going. Anybody ever been invited to a party? Okay, and when you realize who was throwing a party and invited you in particular, how many have got excited about going, thrilled about going, thinking, oh, this is going to be a good party? Now, there's some people throw parties. You might as well go to a cemetery. But there's other people that can throw a party. Man, there'll be good music. There'll be good groceries. There'll be a lot of fun. Nobody's nitpicking. Nobody's under pressure. Everybody's just happy, just enjoying each other. I don't think you're getting it yet. The king of glory is fixing to throw all the biggest party you ever see. This coming into the church, that's just the first phase of the party. Wait till you see the party he's fixing to throw. I'm going to the party. You didn't hear me. I'm going to the party. I don't care. Come hell or high water. I'm going to the party. I don't care if I fail God 5,000 times. I'm holding on to the altar. I'm confessing my sins. I'm asking the blood to wash. I'm going to the party. They're not having the party without me. And all churches is practice for the party. You can't live with frowns here and expect you're going to smile there. You can't live here deaf and mute here, having no praise, no song, no ecstasy, no joy, and somehow you're going to go to the party. Ain't nobody want you at that party. The writer said, Revelation 19, let us rejoice. Why? For the marriage of the Lamb has come. Here it is. And blessed are they that have been called. If you've been called, you're a blessed person. If you've been invited, you're a blessed person. Everything may not go your way yet, but you got a party just ahead of you, and the King of Glory has invited you personally. 
<laughs> you, you can sit down. I know we don't, we don't appreciate our folks going out dancing and boogalooing and dancing on tables and shaking their fanny all over the place, some whorehouse, some drunken orgy place, but I promise you when we get there, who you talk, give me room, Alexander, I'm fixing to put it on you. I'm going to put some steps on you that the rest of the world's never seen. You think I'm kidding you, man. I don't know whether they do cha-chas up there, the limbo or the stroll or the watusi or the mashed potatoes. They, I promise you, ain't going to be none of you dead-footed folks. When I get there, both my hips are going to work. I'm not doing too bad with one hip. I'm doing a lot better than you duds, you idiots, with two hips. You won't even pat your foot to the music. Won't even wave your hand. You know why? You think you got some junk mail. You got some Jesus mail, man. You ain't. He brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. What? That I should show forth the praises of him. Oh, glory. You can sit down for just a minute. See, that's what happened with the Lord. He told Pharaoh, let, let my people go. Why? I want them to throw me a party. I've invited them. Watch. But I'll provide all the stuff. I hate going to parties that ask me to bring stuff. We'd like you to come to our party, bring a liter of Coke, two bags of chips, a dip, and about 20 sandwiches. Man, forget that. I'll go buy a steak and have my own party. I like them parties that say, okay, come to the party and bring nothing but yourself. When the Lord invites you to party, bring your sin, bring your failure, bring your sorrow, bring your fears, bring your mistakes. By the time the party is over, you won't have no more fears. You'll have joy like a river. You'll have ecstasy in your soul. You'll have a fresh vision of what is possible with God. Come on, you're at the banquet table. Invite yourself to participate in the party. Oh, hallelujah. You sit down just a minute. I'm feeling whacked, man. I hate to keep making reference to Brother Hynote and Mai's previous lives. Apparently, when I watched and I preached to you, we're the only two that ever did that. So you probably don't ever understand what we mean when we talk about Jack Daniels and, and Cabin Still and, and Veen Rosé and Tough Times T-Bird and Red Ripple. And Bush Bavarian and Schlitz and Miller Lite and Pabst Blue Ribbon and Burton Harry Peel. See, you don't know what I'm talking about. You think I'm talking about some missionaries somewhere. You, you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And when I had a lot of money, I even bought a bottle of Chevis Regal. You don't know what that is. That's the highest J&B, black and white. Oh, son. See, they don't, we're, we're having a conversation. We're talking in tongues. They have no idea what we're talking about. Because they came out of their mother's womb talking in tongues. Sure you did. Sure you did. But when, when we go to parties, we didn't go to the chip table. 
When I went to a party, I wasn't looking for where the peanuts were. I went to the wet bar. Well, we got to drink around here. Why? Because joy juice always makes you enjoy the party a little better. When you get enough sauce in you, some chick that could stop a clock, a little bit more so. She's looking foxy now, man. Looking like Cinderella. It's fixing it strike 12. You're not hearing me. See, you don't know what I'm talking about because you all are Christians from your mother's womb. But see, me and all whoremonger and high note. That's right. Me and him were whoremongers and drunks and liars and cheats. Man, when I went to the party, I, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. But when I went to the party, I didn't expect to be sober. I was sober when I went to the party. I went there to get sauced. What good is going to a party as a sinner man or woman, sober, go to the party, spend three hours, stay sober, go home sober? What good is that? You could do that watching TV. You don't want to do that. You want to go to the party and then you start dancing and acting crazy and just, just. Then you don't eat peanuts. You grab handfuls of them. You throw them at people. You, you invent games when you're at the party. I hate going to parties and you're there 10 minutes and they bring out six board games. Now let's sit and play games. Yuck! Who wants to play Scrabble and Monopoly at a party? I'm going to get juiced, man. You're not hearing me. See, you, you think I'm talking about Jack Daniels. I'm not, I'm not talking about Jack Daniels. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Paul said it this way, Phil, and be not drunk with wine where it is excess. Here he goes. But be ye filled with the Spirit. What is he saying? What booze will do to you in the natural, the Spirit will do to you in the Spirit. So get filled with the Spirit. Why? Because it's a party, man. It's a party. And when people get in the party, they're not judgmental. They're enjoying the party. I'm going to say it again. I've said it for 20 years. The reason why you sour pussies have so many troubles, you sober too much. Well, I don't see why I can't wear this, can't watch that. Go. You're too sober. You know the drunker you get, the less you pay attention to yourself. That's the truth. You get half bagged. Man, your shirt's hanging out. Your tie's over. Hair's all messed up. You know why? The more you get bombed. I don't care about your opinion. Keep it, idiot. Keep your opinion to yourself, idiot. I was invited to this party. I was invited to this party. I'm going to stay as long as the party lasts. I don't think you're hearing me. This ain't the full party. This is just the vestibule for the party. Wait till you see the party. I'm going to leave this world dancing and end up in that world dancing. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave this world talking in tongues and end up in that world talking in tongues. 
I'm going to leave this world thrilled with Jesus and end up in that world thrilled. They shall see him. They shall look upon him. They shall see his face and his name shall be written in their forehead. We're going to a party. My God. My God. My God. I know, Sister Irma, you always look like you just came out of a band box. I know you're a foxy-looking lady, 65-something years old. But every once in a while, I see you come to the party. Oh, yeah, I see you come down the aisle just doing that little. That's all right. I'm happy. I wish Brother Charles Bird was here right now. I wish he'd come dancing down the aisle. I've seen you, Philip. I know you've been a character, but I've seen you come to the party once in a while, bust out of that seat, and start throwing your hands up and dancing. The only reason some of you folks have trouble with Carol Wells is because that poor chick's always at the party. She don't even wait for the music. She says, "Let's go. here she goes. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. I wasn't a Jew. I was a Gentile. I was a dog. I was an alien from the commonwealth of God, from the promises of God. But God said, the Jews don't want to come to the party. Hey, Gentile, you want to come to the party? I said, I'll come. Sit, sit down just a minute. I want, I want to preach a few more minutes. I'm talking about the kingdom. Idiot. Watch, watch this. This is powerful. Come on for me. Read, Doc. Remember what I told you? God is not, has not created the human race to harass you. To resist you, to cause you sorrow. He created the human race so he could have fellowship with us, have, have, have enjoyment one and another with the presence of God, make us to become, please hear me, some of you poor sour pusses. You say, well, I'm not emotional. Don't give me that trash. You've had kids, ain't you? <laughs> Tell me that stuff. I'm not emotional. See you when you have an attitude sticking out from here to Milwaukee. No, you, you're selective with your emotion. Don't say you're not emotional. You're emotional. My God, I've been fishing with Phil and Janice in Alaska. Now, I know Janice sits there, man. She just, she sits there. But she don't sit there on the Kenai. Oh, no. This nice-looking lady, all reserved, decked out fine. You get her on the Kenai. And all of a sudden, that line goes, mm. <laughs> and, the, and the little lady sitting here just, oh, ah, ah, coming down, coming down, because you got to walk down to get your fish down. That little lady that sits there, the Shan's exec, but you get a fish on there. Am I right? Had her on the boat when you caught that big dumb thing that scared that guy half to death. You wouldn't believe her. Wow! Oh, 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 borderline CPR. Am I telling the truth? 
What? I, I don't want to hurt you. Over a fish. A fish. Get it close to the shore. Oh, don't, don't let, don't get the net. Don't. Come on, get it, get it. It's only a fish. There's 30,000 coming by. That's my fish. Woo! A fish. Now you're laughing at the expense of Janice. If I had time, I'd go through all your pedigrees. Excited over watching a ball game. Excited over buying a new rifle. My God, some of you ladies, you almost talk in tongues over new clothes. My wife, her uncle Clarence, who has his rack in every store, the Clarence rack. Her favorite four-letter word is sale. I said, honey, it's not on sale. These suckers have been lying. That's what it cost at the beginning. Them dirt bags that come on the radio and TV. This is Honest Bob at the used car. I want to give something back. Yeah, like leukemia and polio and AIDS. I'm here to help you. No, you ain't, you lying dog. You're here to take my money. Am, am I telling the truth yet? Am I preaching good yet? I'm, I'm trying to talk about the king. Reverend, the kingdom of heaven is like, un, here it is, not like us, like unto a certain king. You've got to get the picture. The kingdom of heaven, the atmosphere, is like unto a certain king who wants to throw a party. So it doesn't seem like going to heaven is some kind of hardship. It doesn't seem like God's got an attitude about you and he don't like you because you wear this or you watch this or you do that. That's not the issue. He, he's trying to throw a party. He's got this, you're not getting me. A, God has, is in the mood. He's in this mood. I think I'll throw a party. If a hazerist could do it for six months, man, I, 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 I'm going to do it for eternity. Read, read for me, Rev. I'm, I'm going as fast as I can. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son. He made a festival, a party, a celebration. Sent forth the servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. That's that the Jews. Now, I don't want to get into too deep prophecy, but that's the Jews because they were already bidden. See, you're bidden. You're, you're told that a wedding's coming up, a marriage is coming up. What? You're bidden. And they then they follow that up and they call those that are bidden. Hey, don't forget to come to the party. Don't forget the wedding. Don't forget. They, they call, and the Jews were the ones that were called. Wait a minute. Stay with me. They were called. They, they had been bidden already and they called them. Because John the Baptist kept calling them to get into the kingdom and they wouldn't get in. Now watch. This is powerful. Just stay with me. Now I don't want to lose the good feeling of this to go into deep theology. But you got to get this. Read. And they would not come. They, well, they, now that's, that is the craziest thing I've ever understood. It didn't say they couldn't come. It said they wouldn't come. And the king asked them. And they would not come. I can't believe that. Now, if I invited you for dinner or party, I could understand. But God... Invites you to a party and you tell him, drop dead. I'm not interested. 
I mean, the king is a guest. They wouldn't come. I wish I had time to preach this. Don't you get it? I'm so glad, Elder, we serve a speaking God. And he don't need a sermon to preach to you. And he don't need a radio and a TV. Conscience can take the pulpit. Life situations. A song from a child. A sickness in the family. And God just steps up and stops. I'm, I'm, I wish I had a witness. Philip Grace, you and I better thank God that God talks to us. Not only talks to us. I'm glad he talks to us more than once. I'm glad God talks to us over and over and over and over and over you're not hearing me. And over and over and over and over and over and over. And when we make the wrong decision, he talks to us again. And we go the wrong way, he talks to us again. Oh, I thank God for the speaking voice of God. I'm so glad God doesn't stop even when we break our promises to him. He keeps talking. I feel him talking here right now. Can I have a few more minutes, Jim? Okay, Elaine, just... I I know it's late, but... The king was determined to throw a party. Greatest party ever was. See, before he even created matter, he planned the party. Man. And he wants, like, like he wanted for Israel, for us to be free to go to the celebration. That's why he had to emancipate Israel first. So they could go to the party. And that's what God does. God sets us free through the preaching of the gospel so we can come to the party. He's got to set us free because the adversary is holding us hostage. So he comes in and he offers us repentance. He offers us Jesus' name, baptism. He gives us the... So we can come to the party. The party ain't about what condition we're in. I read it to you. Said the, the party lasted and the blessings flowed from Ahasuerus. Watch, according to the state of the king. How many nickels and dimes that guy had? Well, look at your daddy. I mean, think of the party you're going to. The stuff that we're giving our souls for is called gold. And his party, the gold, is on the streets. So you're going to walk on stuff that people gave their souls for. Man, you talk about chandeliers, pal. The walls of jasper, gates of pearl. Every known precious jewel just studs the walls. I wish I had time. Ezekiel 28 said, The anointed cherub that covereth Lucifer, the choir director, the guardian of God's holiness, was covered with every precious gem and every precious jewel. But when God stripped him and cast him down, guess what he did with all his covering? Every one of those jewels is found in New Jerusalem. Why? He took this stuff from a guy who decided to be a non-praiser and a non-worshipper and he threw it on the walls of the people who would be the overcomers and the worshipers and the praisers of God. And why did God do that? Because he wants you to realize that he's going to set the house up for the party. I like going to parties, Kamiko, where they got balloons and streamers and noisemakers. I like the things that just roll out. I like all that crazy kind of stuff. I like confetti going in the air. I can't stand going to a party with people who are prim and proper. Yes, I'll have two cashews and a uh, Diet Coke, please. 
You want to just shake up a Coke and go, gotcha. Boy, you look like trash. You got it all in my hair. Well, let me help you. You shouldn't want to go to a party and then leave the party in the same condition you went. You need to walk out of the party whacked out. You need to come out of the party. Where you been? Oh, been to a party. Oh, been to a party. You think I'm kidding you? Let me tell you why. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday is a warm-up for the party. You ought to come in one way and walk out another way. See, a lot of you come, but you're not coming to the party. You're right here. The king is here. You've been invited. Why don't you do something while you're at the party? I'm preaching till 12 o'clock. I am. Let me tell you something, Jack. All the hell and the chaos and the pressure and the demons and seducing spirits and lust and greed, animosity, troubles that I'm going to face in the next 72 hours. You think I'm going to sit on my fat duff here and just go, thank you, Jesus. Not me, buddy. I'm going to give everything I can. I'm going to get everything back out. Why? Because sometimes what you get out of the party will sustain you until the next time you can get back in the party house. I don't know of anybody that's ever been to a good party that ever used these curse word terms. What time is it? The, the, the non-party is always say, you know, it's, it's getting late. Prayed for you people. Some of you when I married, some of you, and some of not even here, prayed for you. That God would bless your union and, and, and God kissed your union and blessed you with beautiful children. And now I've got people, not even here today, that I prayed for them to have children. And now they don't even come in evening services because your kids are tired. What? Your kids got to go to bed. What? What did you say? You are going to abort the party? Because your kid needs another hour's sleep? You do not think like the old time. Where's brother, brother Howard McGraw? He's an old timer. The old timers used to pray. When I came in Pentecost, because we had revival six and seven nights a week for five and six weeks, and then get home to midnight at night. Went to, we used to pray for everybody that God would give them special sleep, strengthen them. We prayed blessings on their children that were asleep under the pews. Guess what? They didn't fail school. They, they, they didn't rape dogs. They didn't rob banks. Now you're laughing because you say, well, that was then. Yeah, but then gave us what we have now. And if you would sacrifice and come to the party and bring your family to the party and get in the party and let the king touch you while you're in the party, God would touch your children. God would bless. You don't think God's got enough power to make your kids smart, to give them the ability to grasp and comprehend and My God, man, the king has invited you to the party. How can you stand in the face of the king and say, junk mail? Nothing but a telemarketer. Have you got that much junk mail that you know the difference between a divine invitation and a scam? 
I know I've, you sit down, I know I've beat up on you for 20 years about worship and praise. And you think I'm crazy because I tell people, are you a worshiper? You don't sit next to the, you ought to, you ought to start coming in this thing and say, now this is the Pentecostal party house. And if you don't plan on partying, put your finger up as reverence, get up out of my pew and go sit where the wallflowers are. So we don't bump into you while we're running. Now you think I'm kidding you. I'm not talking about just being emotional. You don't have, you don't have to be like everybody. This isn't a clone factory. If, if you're not comfortable with dancing and shouting and boogaloo, fine. What is you comfortable with? Can you close your mind off and close your eyes and sit where you are and throw up some thanks and praise to God? Then that's just as good a party situation that anybody taking three laps. Because I, I never wanted anybody to try to make me dance. Oh, I know. I've been in some revivals where they come grab your hand and make you run. I'm about ready to slap them in the mouth. If I want to run, I can run if I want to run. Come on, Joan. Say amen. I know. I see these people coming just wackos, man. Okay, Betty, me and you, we're running. Not in the coldest day in Hades. Don't grab Sister Arnold. She'll hurt you. If you force somebody during the party to do something that they don't do from their heart, you frustrate the grace of God. Come on, that's, that's what's called diversity. You don't want to have two and three and four children and they all look alike, talk alike, and act alike. You know somebody swapped babies somewhere. Come on, you can't get the same kids out of the same gene pool and they act exactly the same. No, it don't work that way. Come on, waiting. Don't work that way. I, I, I'm, I ain't got to my sermon yet. I got a good sermon. I, I'm hungry for this. Because we don't understand the invite that's happened. That the God of the universe has invited you to participate in the party that's honoring Jesus of Nazareth. If nothing else happens today, please get a new perspective of what this is all about. And I'm not, I don't want you to walk out and say, man, I'm a bunch of loonies. It's all emotional and screaming. No, 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 no. You can be a tremendous worshiper and never get demonstrative at all. Worship is the flow of the heart and the inner man towards something it loves. I'm almost there. I'm not done. I'm just almost there. Boy, I look like a mess. I would to walk in the restaurant in a few minutes and just say, and what happened to you? Oh, I went to the Pentecostal church. <laughs> said, man, it bombed in that place. You think I'm kidding you? You know when you talk to center people about coming to church, and we've had a lot of new kids and a lot of college kids come. You know what they do? Oh, a lot of them don't get saved, but I've talked to a lot of them. I say, that is cool. I like, man, that church is, and I've seen them out here and they're dressed in a band-aid and everything that got's hanging out. It's kind of embarrassing. And I, they just kind of, they don't have beans of what's going on. They're just relating to the emotion, the vibes, and the feeling. You know, they're trying to tell you, man, if you guys got the best thing going, why don't you act better than what we're doing? I can redirect misdirected emotion, but I can't resurrect dead faith. 
And I'm not about ready to put everybody up here dressed in a Band-Aid and have cheerleaders for Jesus. I guarantee you all them guys in the crowd in the football game, 86,000, wouldn't be shouting so much if all them chicks had a long fur coat on. Well, thank you, Lord. So when Israel first got emancipated, okay, are you finished? Can, can you reach another high? Okay, watch. When they got emancipated, on the way to the party, the preacher starts singing. <clears throat> Exodus 15, Moses sang a song. And he got to singing that song and inspired his sis. Where's Angie? Where are you hiding that tambourine? Give me that tambourine. All right, you're going to play, Miriam. The preacher got inspired, singing a song. His sister and the ladies came up and got to play in the tambourine. Are you ready? And dancing. And God said, oh boy, they're getting ready for the party. And the heathens got to look and say, the Lord has done great things for them. And they hadn't even got to the party yet. They had got freed from slavery on their way to the party. I need 10 minutes and I'm going to take it. You can sit down. They would not come. I don't have time to even finish this. Here's the tragedy of the story. When they would not come, they snubbed the king. They insulted the monarch of the universe. The Bible said he got enraged. Remember, he didn't start out angry. Bob, Robert, he didn't start out angry. He was happy. He was in a mood to throw a party for his kid. But their non-response made him angry. And the Bible said he lifted up his armies and destroyed their city. It's a prophetic picture of what Titus did at 70 AD. See, there's two times this messenger. I don't want to get deep theological. First, he sent his messengers. That was the prophets to the Jews. That was John the Baptist. That was Jesus of Nazareth. They scorned him. They rebuffed him. They laughed at him. They wouldn't accept it. So now he sends more messengers. Watch. But this time he sends after the sacrifice and the fatlings have been killed. That's a picture after Calvary. And he comes back and he preaches at Pentecost to the Jews. Watch. Once they were preached to, God withdrew his offer to the Jews as a nation. He's kept his offer to the Jew as an individual, but not as a nation. They have been set aside. And God turned around and looked for a bunch of gypsies and Gentiles who he would make into a nation. And so while they are now excluded, you and I are now included. While they are laid aside, we are, oh, we are now grafted in. We are saved because of their unbelief. But shortly after it's over and we go to the party, God's going to graft them back into their own tree. Are you hearing me? 
That's why Paul wrote all through the book of Acts and all through his epistles that the biggest hell and trouble and sorrow and problem he had in his whole ministry was the Jews. They were always coming down, chasing the Galatians, chasing the Corinthians because they rejected the gospel and God rejected them. So you got to watch out because God does have a standing army and he is the ultimate commander in chief. You don't want to keep pushing around with God and tell him to drop dead and, and leave you alone because he can get an anger spirit on him. And he wiped out their city. According to history, 1.5 million Jews were slaughtered by Titus when he came in, when he desecrated Jerusalem, put every stone down like Jesus had prophesied, ripped up and shredded the whole tabernacle, burned everything to the ground. But watch. Then the scripture starts again. Read for me, Rev. Just, just read uh, uh, verse 5. But they made light of it. Made light of it. Went their way. Yeah. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. The remnant took his servants and treated them spitefully and slew them. See, that's the apostles and the prophets. That's what happened to them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies, destroyed those murderers, Seventy burned AD. up their cities. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Now wait a minute. Now watch. With the exclusion of the Jew comes the expanding of the offering. Go out into the highways and find the loonies. Find the second-rate bimbos. Find the lame and the maim and the halt and the poor. Find the wanderer. Find those that are not ready. And invite anybody to come because I've made up my mind. I'm fixing to have a party. And I want anybody and everybody to come to it. Read. I'm, Go I'm going to finish. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. Stop. I'm going to finish there. I'm just going to stop. I thought you'd be shouting right now because they just read your name. Invite the bad. Oh, all you folks act like you ain't been bad and you ain't bad now. Shame on you. God turned around and said, I don't care what kind of character they are. My grace is greater than their disgrace. And my mercy is better than their mess and their mistakes. I tell you what, find the bad and the good. And he said, I don't care how bad you are. I'm inviting you to my marriage supper because I'm going to fix you. Well, stand up with me now. I'm, I'm going to close. I've preached too long, and, and yet I didn't get to my, I didn't get it. I, I wish I could get this. This verse says, uh, uh, read verse 10 again. That was, the, that was the part I was trying to get to. Uh, while he's getting there, please listen. The greatest celebration that God's ever had is just ahead. It's going to be the wedding party, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Watch this. Jesus is going to be there. The Gentile bride is going to be here. I, I, I wish you could get you, you that are, that are prim and proper and you're real impressed with the university and you're impressed with doctor this and schmungo looky this and laka looky that and doctor this and doctor that. Let me show you the guest list at the party. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Joseph and Jonah, David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. Jonathan, Saul's son, Mephibosheth, Gideon, the old backslider, Samson, Jephthah, Ruth, Esther, Deborah. Whew. You're not impressed yet. Ezekiel, Elijah, Elisha, Whew. 
Still not. Peter, James, John, Thomas, Bartholomew, Paul, Stephen, Barnabas. Still not. Mary, Martha, and a host of unnamed respondees. I don't think you're grasping the value of the invitation. I don't think you appreciate the king's grace and his openness to whosoever will. I'm telling you right now, I choose to be a Christian. Ain't nobody forcing me. I choose to live this way. I want to live this way. I can't make you do what you, what you don't want to do. All I can do is offer you an invitation from the king of glory who says, I'm fixing to put on a party. You don't want to miss it. I'm finishing. Hell is reserved for idiots. Hell is reserved for idiots. Read the last verse for me. Verse 10. Listen to this. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. Here we go. Here we go. And the wedding was furnished. Ooh, did you get the F word? Phil, I don't care if half the world backslides. I don't care if 99% of this church acts like a bunch of fools and misses the rapture. He said, the party is going to be furnished. It's going to be full of attendees. Guess what? The best party praisers are the people who know in the deep of their heart, I got no right to be here. I don't know, but I, I, I didn't have time. I, I know I wrote five pages of notes. I'm sorry. I, I just want you to understand that when it says the wedding was furnished with guests, that's, that's God's way of saying the devil's been defeated. The hypocrite, the mocker, the critic, the pretender, the carnal, the immoral, the fault finder, the unfaithful, the troublemaker, and the liars don't count. And they can't stop the party. And neither will they be there. The prodigal's party was thrown by the father for an unworthy son. The only tragedy of the story is the elder brother standing outside on the porch wouldn't come into the party. He was at the party, but he wouldn't come into the party. So the father went out on the porch to try to get him to come into the party. But he was holding up his brother's mistakes. A means by which he wouldn't come to the party. Shame on all of us. I made up my mind. I'm going to the party. Nothing's going to offend me. Nothing's going to separate me. Come on, Aunt Myrtle, shake your head. Nothing's going to seduce me, deceive me. Nothing's going to separate me from the love of God. And nothing, as God is my helper, is going to stop me from making that party. I'm going to that party. Sorry I didn't finish my message. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is the greatest subject on the universe. Amen. The Bible says, the first time in this story, it says, call them that are bidden. The second time, read it for yourself. He doesn't say call them. He says, tell them. See, most of us can, can put up with God when he